When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? You ever just thank yourself that you have access to my idiocy? I love it. I love it. (laughs) It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And you can watch us on the ESPN app. Just open up the app, click watch, and what do you know? There we are. Hello. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-729-3776. Which week five winners do you believe in and which ones do you not? Right now, we welcome in ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes. Somebody we can always believe in. Absolutely. Well, we do have one issue to bring up from the whole Buffalo table thing that we never addressed. No, but before before I do that, I want to congratulate her on her Seattle Mariners advancing to the ALDS. Yes. Congratulations, Mina. Excellent. Oh, thank you, guys. It only took 21 years, but we're here. (laughs) But I think it's because you threw out the first pitch at some point this year, right? You know, a a lot of people are saying that. I'm not saying it. You're saying it. That's fine. (laughs) You know, if you want to draw the connection, that's up to you. (laughs) I love the way you put that. A lot of people are saying that. I'm not. I'm not. Just a lot of people are saying that. It's on the Internet. It's on the Internet. (laughs) Thank you, Mina, for a few minutes of your time. We got to get straight to it because I know you are as in tune with analytics as anybody is at ESPN and overall how that fits within game flow. And yesterday's decision by Brandon Staley at the end of the game against the Browns was a curious one. What did you make of it? Well, you know, starting with the analytics standpoint on that, um, different people, different teams, league, whatever, everyone has a different model as to whether it's advantageous based on things like opponent, how much time's left, obviously, position, all of that. And um, ESPN's model agreed with it. Uh, Next Gen Stat, which is the NFL's model, actually thought it was a punt situation. So I'll start there saying it, it was definitely one where that I think a lot of people felt could go either way. Um, no doubt risky, obviously, especially not only given the situation and, and what Staley's defense had been seeding on the ground, but also I think just, you know, some of the, heat he's gotten for some of those decisions and whatnot obviously Keenan Allen weighing on Twitter but you know at the end of the day like I don't object it too much it is part of his philosophy sometimes it works in his favor sometimes it doesn't I think that one could have gone either way Mina does he unjustifiably catch a lot of heat for it well I'll say this it seems like when it works people don't really talk about it it only seems to get attention when it doesn't uh which is often the case with fourth down decisions we only really seem to talk about them when they don't go right um and i i would say that part's on us but you know i, I think with him though you know, it is a little, when, when your players are complaining about it then it becomes more of a management and communication issue and that's something that i actually do think is a point of uh, i would say something that he could be at least I don't know what criticized for, but at least considered. Mina, staying in L.A., a team that you're close to, obviously being a part of their team coverage, the L.A. Rams, not much is going right for them the last couple of weeks. I mean, they got beat the brakes off of them against San Francisco, and then yesterday 
The Dallas Cowboys hit him with the Mr. T pity the fool. What exactly is going on with the Rams? And can you see a path where they can find their way out of their recent struggles? Boy, it's tricky because it really comes down. There's not one thing, right? I think the most obvious issue is, of course, the offensive line, especially that interior of the offensive line. They've had injured players. They've lost talent. And when you play back-to-back, arguably the two best four-man rushes in the NFL, those issues are going to be really on display. But it's not just that. I think the run, the struggles in the run game actually go beyond the offensive line. And then um, Allen Robinson, you know, is their big free agent signing. A wide receiver hasn't really panned out for them in terms of production. And it feels like outside of Cooper Cup and occasionally Tyler Higby, there aren't just aren't enough answers in the pass game. So as far as what can be fixed, um, I think with the run game, there's still some moves that they can be made, perhaps leaning more on Daryl Henderson, who I think has been a little bit more effective than Akers. And then, um, you know, with the wide receiver, you're starting to look at, okay, well, when does OBJ come back? Do they have any ammunition to go after a guy like DJ Moore? Because it does feel like right now the offense as currently constituted just isn't explosive enough. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us. Mina, beginning of the year, most of us were fawning over the AFC West as the best division in football, but all of a sudden the NFC East has three teams that have won four games. Has that dynamic shifted? Is the NFC East the best division in the NFL? Um, I would say probably with the strength of Philadelphia and Dallas, uh, I would say yes. I mean, you know, the NFC East has the worst team of the bunch in Washington, and I think while the Giants are very well coached, um, they're probably not a contender. Although they might be like a, a fringe wild card team, but Philadelphia and Dallas are in anybody's top five right now. I think because of that, it's hard not to put them there. Meaning, when you have a quarterback that just got a forty million dollar a year contract and was guaranteed one hundred ninety million on that extension. Should he be making the mistakes that we saw at the end of that Cardinals-Eagles game? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I just say. Although I will say, um, you know, that that falls upon both the quarterback and the coach, right? You can't just put all of that on the quarterback um, when it comes to end-of-game management like that. But, yeah, that that's that's, that, that's a, honestly a pretty inexcusable mistake from Kyler Murray. Though, however, you know, Kyler Murray is the one who put them in a position where they were even competing in that game. It does feel like this Cardinals offense seems to only take off when he takes over using his legs and making off-script plays. So um, while he definitely deserves criticism, I would think the offensive operation as a whole, the struggles, I would not put on him. Well, let me ask you this, Mina, because that's interesting. You said the head coach and the quarterback deserve the blame. Now, I'm with you, the the guy that's in the headset – obviously has to tell mm-hmm. Kyler Murray that he didn't get a first down and that it's third down, but shouldn't the quarterback be aware of the situation? I mean, he can look over on the sideline yeah. and see the down and distance on the stick. There's a stick that's there. Ryan Clark talked about it on Get Up. It has the down oh, yeah. on it. So he should absolutely <laughs> know that he can't spike it on third and one. He's got to be able to goose it and try to get the first down or have a play ready to go. So I'm with you as far as Cliff Kingsbury's shortcoming, but – Ultimately, that does fall on the quarterback, no? No, no doubt. Yeah, that, that's why I, I would say both, honestly. Because and at this point with Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he's not really a head coach. He's earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to game management. So I, I, that's probably, I think, weighing in on this as well. But, yeah, well, yeah, that, that's Kyler at this point. You know, he's not a rookie anymore. That's certainly on him. Last one for me, Mina. It's Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst. What's your evaluation of the whole Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett situation? 
It's not great. Not great. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been curious with Russ because um, when the trade happened, I was asked about it a lot, and you know, I was worried about Seahawks, the Seahawks' plan of future. But um, looking ahead to Russell Wilson in Denver, and then when he signed that contract extension, I did express some concern because the last two years in Seattle, you did see a decline in performance, and you know, some people thought it might be because of the injury. But even outside of that injury, it felt like he had lost some of his mobility. Um, the deep passing was still there, but there was a little bit of inconsistency underneath and he was pressing at times. I did not anticipate, however, that he would be so inaccurate on the underneath stuff, which has been the case this year. And that has been, frankly, a little bit puzzling because that's not a part of his game that, I don't know, one would think would have suffered, just it would have been tied to aging. It's just a little bit inexplicable. So when it comes to how Denver can get this back on track, it's a tough question. And really, I would say the play calling has not been great. And there's been some, obviously, in the red zone, curious decisions. But the quarterback simply has to play better. Talking with ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes on Candy and Carlin. Last one from me, Mina. With the win across the pond yesterday, does that game say more about the Giants or about the Packers? Ooh. Gosh, I want to say 50-50. I mean, okay. it tells right. me that – well, you know what really struck me about this, guys? I talked about this on NFL Live. Um, yeah, we were talking about it with the firing of Matt Rule today. You know, how, what can you put on coaching? Like, how much is talent versus – and obviously decision-making and play-calling falls in the coach. But the other thing that I think you really need to uh, consider coaching when you look at is, is this team playing above or below their talent level? And I think what struck me so much about watching the Giants and the Packers is – the Packers are a more talented football team at almost every position. I mean, shoot, you Packers fans complained about the lack of wide receivers. The Giants were, like, trotting out practice squad guys in the secondary, too. But it felt like they were playing so far above their talent level due to coaching, whereas Green Bay, the opposite was true on both offense and defense. So I think as a Giants fan, you have to be concerned, um, pardon me, encouraged about the direction your team's going in under your new coaching staff. And as a Packers fan, you got to be asking questions. Are we getting the most out of our talent, and how can that change? Mina, great stuff as usual. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks. Bye, guys. As we saw on the sidelines, the Giants staff willing to go the extra mile to make sure they get the most out of their talent. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to social media. You know, you would. <laughs> you would. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. <laughs> What am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed man, to do? Man, take us the break, man. You got oh, the tease right there. Take us the break. <laughs> we did reference the Rams and their situation with Mina. Why that situation is even more dire than you realize. We'll discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Boys are amazing. I, I, I'm blown away by what they have been able to do. Their defense has been lights out, and Cooper Rush has not turned the football over, and they're sitting here at 4-1, and one. After we all assumed that their season was toast with no Dak Prescott, and I think in a very fair way we did, but yet they have just been able to go to work and just really pound away at it and have not paid attention to anything else outside of what's right in front of them. And the, I mean, if I could spin any more cliches about what they're doing, I would. <laughs> because that's exactly what they're doing. They're doing all the right things right now. And they're making Jerry Jones, who seemed like a salesman three or four weeks ago, feel more like a prophet based on some of the things that he said and believing that his team could find their way on the other side of the adversity that was losing Dak Prescott for the next month to month and a half. But yet, Carlin, the way that this team plays defense and the way that they're quarterback protects the football combined with the fact that the offensive line has found an identity with the run game it's a formula for success that they can ride to a lot of wins in the regular season now is this going to play once we get to january football i don't know but i do think that this formula will allow them to compete for the nfc east title and that's saying a lot seeing as how a lot of people believe that the philadelphia eagles are the best team in all of football Yours, yours truly included. Well, listen to Micah Parsons after the game yesterday and reaction to the people that thought they were dead in the water. Hey, man, I, I have none for the doubters. We just got to keep putting in the work, man. Hey, you know, you just got to work. Work overcomes all. Work beats adversity. When you're down, people want to keep you down. But if you fight, you can always get through anything. And this team's fighting right now. So just keep believing in the fight. And that dude is one thing to talk it, but it's another thing to walk it. And that's exactly what we saw Michael Parsons do in the second half. Remember, Carlin? Because in the first half, he limped into the locker room with a groin injury. Limped Mm -hmm. in. And then he came back out in the second half. He was riding an exercise bike. And they didn't know whether or not he was going to go back in the game. And the Cowboys used him as a situational pass rusher, Carlin. And, oh, I don't know, Michael Parsons on his way to a two-sack performance, nine pressures, and he caused two penalties. And... The last of the two sacks was a strip sack to end the game on Matt Stafford. That's how good he was. And he wasn't even 100%, Carlin. But now we're talking about him having six sacks through five games and arguably being the most valuable non-quarterback in all of football. Well, we got to go to the other side of it because the Rams are in big trouble. Oh, yeah. They are in huge trouble. And, yes, they have played a couple of teams that have outstanding pass rushes of late. But that's not it. I mean, there's just a whole lot wrong here. Somebody tell me where Allen Robinson does not understand this offense. Or somebody tell me where he's locked in on it. Because, (laughs) uh, honestly, I'm watching that game, and in the first quarter, there is a pass that Matthew Stafford throws that is about 25 yards away from where Allen Robinson actually ends up. Mm -hmm. So, clearly, 
somebody's not on the same page, and that's been Robinson for weeks. And that's me seeing it. That That's nobody else. I mean, I, I'm no genius when it comes to this stuff, but that's an easy one to figure out. Their line can't block anybody, and they're as banged up as could be. The Brian Allen injury has killed them, has just absolutely killed them. And the coach is still saying all the right things about the quarterback. I don't think it's... I don't think it's primarily the quarterback's fault, but he's not right. He's not right. They've got problems all over the place, Chris, and you nailed this before the season. This is not a playoff team. This is not a playoff team. That is very clear. Yeah, and I knew it wasn't a playoff team, Colin, because they were going to be missing two big parts of it that allowed them to win a championship last year. You were going to be missing Andrew Whitworth, the all-world left tackle, and he was really the one that set the tone for that unit, and he really... Uh, you know, uh, covered up for a lot of the deficiencies from a talent standpoint with the other four guys on that line. Think about it. When you had Whitworth out there, Carlin, all you had to do was say, you block the end man on the line of scrimmage. We don't have to add chip help. We don't have to have a running back or a tight end over there. Whitworth could take care of it. You could turn the protection the other way to help out the other guys on that line. That's gone. But hang on. At the end of the season last year, like when Whitworth came back, Noteboom was playing better than Whitworth was. So I put this on Noteboom that, playing worse and right that, now. And, that, and that's great, Carlin, but anybody can play well for a four- or five-game span. But yeah. when defensive players, especially edge rushers, put you under a microscope and see all of the things that you do well and the things that you don't do so well, that's when they can es- exploit your weaknesses. And now you're seeing that because they've got enough film on Joe Noteboom playing that left tackle spot in Sean McVay's scheme. So it's a different world after all the pass rushers that you're going to face this year had the entire offseason to prepare for you. It's different. And so, yeah, that offensive line, the complexion of it is different. Couple that with not having a vertical threat in the passing game in Odell Beckham Jr., and now you can understand why they struggle on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I just I don't know that there's a path to get this team back to being as explosive as they were on offense last year. And if they're not going to be explosive on offense, then they're going to struggle, Carlin. Here's Stafford on the situation yesterday with the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, it's not just uh, you don't snap your fingers and fix them. you got to continue to work. I mean, what's the only thing you can do to, to try and get better is to continue to work at a, at a high rate. And um, I know all the guys in this locker room will do that. I know our head coach is going to do that and all the coaches on the coaching staff. So, um you know, it's, it's disappointing to lose football games. There's no question. Um, not play as well as you possibly can and, and all those things. Um, but I do have a lot of trust and confidence in the guys in our locker room, um, you know, to do everything within their power to, to get this thing turned around. You got a lot of trust in those guys? Yeah. Well, gla- I'm glad it's one of us because I sure the hell don't. No. I have me- no confidence that that offensive line is going to figure out. Did you see how quickly David Edwards lost to Dorrance Armstrong on yeah. that first strip sack? Yeah. I mean, he didn't touch him. He didn't put a hand on him. He didn't have a he sniff. Didn't, he didn't touch him. Let me ask you this question. We talked about this two weeks ago. I don't think they will necessarily do it right now, given how it's starting to spiral on them a bit. But if they decide they're still going to go for it and they're still going to try to fix it and piece it together, because we don't know where the health of Odell is, Mina brought the name up a minute ago. Would you check in on on DJ Moore and see what he's, what like, what does DJ Moore cost you? Mm, he's going to cost you a second-round pick. I like D.J. Moore a lot. He's a good player. He's going to cost you a second-round pick. I'd have to go and look when he's a free agent. I think it's I think it's either this year or next. Yeah, he should be coming up on, yeah. on getting a new deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it'd be interesting. 
to check in on him. Um, but, Carlin, here's the thing. You're, you're giving away a second-round pick. That could be a valuable pick. That could I know. be a top half of the second-round player that you're talking about passing on in order to get a proven veteran who you would then have to commit top-of-the-market money to. Moore already got his contract. Okay, so he how, how much year. is he getting paid? He's getting His cap number for this year is only six. But, like, if he got, you know, he's $41 million if it's dead money. So how many more years does he have left on his deal? He has signed through 2025. Okay, so, yeah, he's going to cost you a second-round pick. Yeah. Think about what receivers are getting paid now. And if I'm getting a receiver of D.J. Moore's ilk, and I don't have to pay him a new contract, he's already under contract, that means the Carolina Panthers paid him his signing bonus. You ain't got to worry about that. They're going to want a second-round pick for that dude. That's going to cost you. Do you want to give up a high second-round pick based on the way that this team is trending for D.J. Moore right now? knowing that it could be throwing good money after bad. That's the position that the L.A. Rams are in right now, Carlin. I said they weren't going to make the playoffs. This is not going to be a very good team. And I know there's a lot of parity in the NFC, but they're not good. No, they're not good. I would need to win a couple of more games before I even considered that. Yeah, and that might not happen. It it may not. They got the Panthers, though, this Sunday. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Wait until you hear... Who has the best chance to get the number one pick next year? Woof. That's next on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It really does benefit you once in a while, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. It really does benefit you every once in a while to listen to me. Mm. Every once in a while. I'm not going to say all the time. Once in a while. And when it comes to intimately knowing a team because I'm a fan of a team, you need to listen. The Steelers stink. Uh, They stink. uh, It's Canty and Carlin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. I told you at the beginning of the year that, that they were going to have their first losing season under Mike Tomlin. And please, please do not hit me with the, well, they've started two other times, one and four under Mike Tomlin, and they finished at least eight and eight. This is not any of those teams. You see a bad football team that got absolutely embarrassed yesterday by a good football team, and it was a beatdown from pillar to post. That wasn't about the quarterback. That wasn't about anything else other than a team 
that on defense without T.J. Watt is nowhere near the same team. I mean, you want, we're talking about how big of an impact Micah Parsons has on the Cowboys. Look at how big it was, how T.J. Watt influences the Steelers, especially on defense. It's not close. Chris, even with Micah Fitzpatrick out there yesterday, they they were absolutely awful. Yeah, they were bad, man. And it started with that first third down. I mean, you couldn't have scripted the opening kickoff to go any better for you where their returner fumbles the ball coming out of the end zone, and they pin him inside the five-yard line. That's where the Buffalo Bills' opening possession started in that game, Carlin. And then you're talking about a miscue on third down where the safety sitting in a cover two shell decides he wants to be sneaky and come up and try to rob the slant. Gabe Davis converts it up the seam. It's the guy that can fly. And it ends up being a touchdown. I I just don't understand why you would make that decision. It's... Trey Norwood, I mean, that that was when Trey Norwood, and that's the safety that I'm talking about, yeah. got greedy and started trying to do somebody else's job, and it led to a 98-yard bomb, I knew it was going to be one of those kind of days for the Steelers. Now, what I did not expect, Carlin, was for 52 guys to let go of the rope. Felt like it yesterday. Yeah, the only guy that I would say was out there fighting was the quarterback, Kenny Pickett. And I, you know what? And in a 38-3 blowout, he showed me something. The kid's going to fight. And he yeah. was getting up in people's faces. He was getting up in Bill's D-lineman faces and chirping with him and all of that other and, stuff. And, and because he, he got actually, hit at the knee. He actually cared about what the hell was going on out there on the field. Everybody else gave up. Everybody, And I know there's a lot of guys that got a lot of pride, and there's some guys, with, when you look at the back, the nameplate on the back of the jerseys, they got impressive resumes. Cam Hayward, one of them dudes. Minka Fitzpatrick, one of them dudes. None of those guys made any plays to stem the tide against the Buffalo Bills. They didn't do one thing to change the momentum and swing it back in the Steelers' favor. And that was something that I never thought I would see from a Mike Tomlin coach team for the team to collectively let go of the rope. Because that's what happens when you get blown out 38-3. to They know know what's coming. They know what's coming. And listen, Pickett may be part of the, you know, just a, a positive development this year. You're right. I like seeing all that. He was very angry with uh, Shaq Lawson yeah. because he got hit at the knee. Yeah. By the way, if that's outside the strike zone, if that's not hitting somebody at the knee, I don't know what is. Yep. Um, but secondly, that that's great that he showed the fight. The rest of that team... Lay down. Yeah. They lay down. Najee Harris, Haven't seen that guys. in a long time. They lay down. Deontay I mean, Johnson, they lay down, Carlin. They lay, even Devin, Chris, Devin Bush. What happened to Devin Bush? It was almost like after his rookie year, the guy just... Yeah. I don't know what he used to be a good football player. He's been nowhere been what, the same what since ha- the injury. What happened to him? He has been nowhere the same My since the goodness. injury. And look, and, and he, not only that, it's a bad football team, man. Chris, not only that, like right after they give up the ninety-eight yard touchdown, hmm. talk about fumbling the return. They fumbled the return. Yeah, they fumbled like they almost handed the ball back inside the twenty. Yeah, I mean, what are we doing? It's honestly... I I, I don't know, but according to ESPN's FPI, they are now saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers have the best chance at having the number one overall pick. So not only are we talking about Mike Tomlin having his first losing season since being their head coach, but we're talking about them having the worst record in all of football. let's talk about that for a second, okay? So what are they going... How do they approach this with Pickett now? I mean, obviously... Well, before we, they, get to, before we get to that, let me say this. I'm looking at the remainder of their schedule. They're not winning this week against Tampa. They're, that's not going to happen. Chris, they're not winning uh, five games. Of, of their remaining games, Carlin, there are three There are three or four games that I could see them winning, and they're all on the road. Like, 
I could see him winning in a couple of weeks down in Miami, but who knows what's going to happen if Tua plays. Yeah. I could see them winning on the road in Indy, but who knows with that team. I could see them winning on the road in Atlanta, but who knows. And then I could see them winning on the road against Carolina. That's it. They got four games that I'm looking at with the remainder of their schedule, and I would say they might have a chance. Out of the 12 games they got left on their schedule, they got four that I think they got a chance in hell at winning. That's a sad state of affairs for Pittsburgh Steelers football. It's brutal. It's sad. I I am curious – as to how much you will need to see from Pickett this year moving into the offseason if they have a top two or three pick and what that looks like. Like, if you see enough from Pickett and what you could trade, uh, what you could get in return for that top pick, or, for that matter, if you like one of those quarterbacks better than Pickett, what you might be able to trade for Pickett if he actually plays well this year. You know, there's a lot of options there. Like, right now, Having really never been there in a long, long time, yeah. and the last time they were truly there, they got Roethlisberger. Let's go into tank here. Let's go into tank. Yep. Uh. <laughs> Tag the toe, zip the bag, close the drawer. I, I'm it's not, over. I'm not saying that that's the worst way to go in order to acquire more draft capital because that. I mean, think about it, Carlin. This team has a lot of high dollar guys. Yeah. It would make sense in order to infuse this roster with talent at controllable cost if you get more draft picks. And in a quarterback-rich draft, if you got one of those top three picks and you don't need a quarterback, you can all of a sudden trade down and and get a bevy of picks and reload this roster. The only thing that I don't know about the Steelers organization is if they're comfortable continuing to stay the course with Kenny Pickett, knowing that from a talent standpoint, you got the worst quarterback in the division. Think about that. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson. The upside of Kenny Pickett is not greater than any of those quarterbacks. So you will have the worst quarterback in the division for the foreseeable if you stay the course with Pickett. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Don't forget, you can watch us live now on the ESPN app. Just open up the app, click watch on the bottom tab. Boom, there we are. There we are. Friends, the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The worst coaching decision we've seen possibly all year, and that's saying something. And it doesn't involve Nathaniel Hackett. That's even really saying something more. Somehow that team won. We'll explain next. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? NFL reporter Kimberly Martin has checked in on some thoughts that maybe the Buffalo Bills would be kicking the tires on Christian McCaffrey. And uh, now that Matt Rule has been fired, are the Panthers going to start to unload players uh, before the Week 8 trade deadline Mm. so that they can start to reload with draft picks and such? So if you're looking at McCaffrey, uh, the numbers this year are not bad. He's averaging four and a half yards a carry. The problem, as we know, is the contract. Yeah. And he is signed through 2025. Well, the ugly part of the contract is over with, right? Yes. I mean, in terms of all the front-loaded money that he would be due, the Carolina Panthers paid out his signing bonus. So after this season, you're talking about a remainder of three years and $36 million. Which is in alignment with what Nick Chubb is getting paid for the Cleveland Browns, which isn't awful, 
if Christian McCaffrey is going to be available for the majority of those games. That's the only question that you have to ask with McCaffrey. How healthy can he stay for not only this season, but the remainder of the contract? But because most of the guaranteed money has already been paid out, I don't think that's a problem for a team that's trading for him. And let's be honest with it, Carlin. Any team that's kicking the tires on Christian McCaffrey is going to be a title contender. A team that's in a rebuild is not going to pay a running back $12 million a year. It just ain't going to happen. So I, I don't know if he's worth a – I don't know if he's worth a premium pick, Carlin, but he's worth something. I mean, if you're the Carolina Panthers, do you take a mid-round draft pick for Christian McCaffrey? I think you consider it. I think you consider it. You probably consider it. I just hate the idea. Like, just looking at what the numbers look like, okay? If he gets cut prior to 2023, you only save $2 million on the cap. You're taking an $18 million hit. That's the Carolina Panthers. Right. Not another team. No, not another team. Because if another team trades for him, then all of a sudden all of that guarantee But here's my point. If I'm the Panthers, don't I want to be able to get something a little bit more if I'm going to take that size of a hit next well, you're not, year? Well, you're not going to get anything out of him now. What are you getting from having him on your team now? The, the, his his, his skill set is not moving your team forward. Yeah, I get it. I mean, he's just he's a really good marketable player. He's That's a marketable player. That I mean, I think here's the sad part about it, Carlin. Him being the face of the Carolina Panthers probably has more value than what he brings to the table yes, on the field that's, that's based on I'm, where they're at. Yes, and that's based a, on but where that's they a, are. But that's a problem. It is a problem. That's a problem. And so to me, that's not a good enough reason to keep a guy around. I want the draft picks for my next coach, my next Can regime give me a third? to rebuild. Can I get a third? I don't think you're going to get a third. You're talking about a fourth or a fifth. I think that's the reality well, of where a, Christian McCaffrey is at. If I'm a team that can get him for a fourth or a fifth, I do it in a heartbeat. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. All right. It's one of my favorite segments. I know it's one of yours. It is... Canty and Carlin. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah. Those are the decisions that we get to hear or get to see on Sundays that just don't seem to make a whole lot of sense or statements that just don't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Brandon Staley yesterday going for it. Fourth down and one, as the next gen stats put it, 1.7 yards. Yeah. Now, here's my problem. You have two different, uh, this is late in the game, trying to close the game with the football. Yeah. My problem is you have two different stat models. One says, yes, go. The other says, dear God, punt it. Mm -hmm. So this is why I can't always buy into the models. Everybody's got different models. Here's Brandon Staley. Just wanted to finish the game with the ball. Felt like we liked to play, liked the matchup. Knew what coverage they were going to be in, and um, we wanted to finish the game on our terms on third down. We felt like we had a good run up against that defense, um, had a pass solution. Um, they defended it well. Uh, then on fourth down, just really felt like, you know, the slant to Mike was going to be uh, the play call there, and, um, you know, just didn't go down for us. But uh, I had a lot of confidence uh, in our defense to go out there and get him stopped, and that was a big motive um, because we knew they would have to throw the ball to beat us. You know what I have a problem with, Carlin? I know everybody focuses on the fourth and one. Mm. You had third and three. Yeah. And you didn't get it. You didn't get it. Yeah. That was the opportunity to put the game away right there. You had a handoff to Austin Eckler, who had a phenomenal game yesterday, he by had the an way. excellent game. But he came up a yard short, and he didn't convert on third down. 
That was the signal to punt the football. Guess what? The Browns had no more timeouts. They were out of timeouts. And Jacoby Brissett, who's done a fine job filling in for Deshaun Watson, with respect to Brissett, he's a backup quarterback. Force him to drive the length of the field with a minute and 15 seconds left, and we'll see where we end up. I don't have a problem. I don't understand why you let the analytics get in the way of making sound football decisions. They've been playing football in the National Football League over 100 years. All right? In that situation, you punt the ball away and you ask your defense to get a stop. That's what you do, Carlin. You don't risk going for it at midfield and gifting the ball to the Browns' offense in plus territory where they can kick a field goal. And by the way, confidence in our defense to be able to turn them aside, eh, they only have to get like 30 yards, 20 yards at that point. I don't know about that. No, neither do I. Kyler Murray. Well, let's just hear from Kyler Murray on his just asinine mistake, thinking that he had gotten the first down, and Cliff Kingsbury not exactly backing up the situation with uh, strong knowledge of what was going on. I think there was like 20 seconds left. Um, Again, I I mean, they they were calling clock, so it's not... uh, in the moment, you know, I'm just after the play was over, everybody screaming clock. We practiced all the time. Um, they had obviously thought we had the first down, so that was, you know, that's what we went with. Yeah, here's the problem. Nah, man, nah, dog. I don't want to hear that from you. Yeah. After you made the Cardinals pay you forty million dollars a year, you didn't including a hundred ninety million guaranteed, dog. You didn't know. Don't say everybody was screaming clock. Cause guess what? You the damn quarterback. You tell them what to do. They don't tell you what to do. And the guy in the headset, he can be wrong sometimes. Ain't the quarterback supposed to help you overcome that when he's getting paid what Kyler Murray is getting paid? Yeah. That's the point. So I don't want to hear you pass the buck to somebody else. There's no first ownership of all, there. You, mess, you messed up on the quarterback draw by not getting the first down and sliding a yard short. Okay, you also messed up when you didn't take a peek down the sideline and see what the down and distance marker said. Because I'm pretty sure it had a three on top of it and not a one. All right? That was your mistake. And then the last mistake, Carlin, how hard is it to goose the ball and QB sneak for a first down with one yard to go in a two-minute situation? It ain't hard. I can tell you the Eagles defensive front, they weren't prepared for it. But you know what they were thanking God for? The fact that Kyler Murray didn't know what down and distance it was. He spiked it, and he forced Matt Amendola, yes, that Matt Amendola, who we saw with the Kansas City Chiefs, missing field goals in their lone loss to the Indianapolis Colts. That guy stepped in and have to kick a 40-plus yard field goal. Carlin, it was as bad a game management situation in a two-minute drill that we've seen this year. It was that bad. I don't know about that. It was awful. Yeah. And my biggest issue is that he didn't know that where you start sliding as a quarterback is where you are marked down. That's why it wasn't a first down. And then there was Keyshawn this morning on KJM. 
And I, I love this. To say it, but if he continues on this pace, you could find yourself with a Kurt Warner or a Tom Brady on your hands. Not that Cooper Rush is going to be a Hall of Famer, but this is the same way these guys started out, right? They got an opportunity to play. The team started winning. The philosophy was a certain way. They didn't miss a beat, and they had starters that was available to them, but they decided to, when those guys came back healthy to stay with those quarterbacks. And if, if he is the starter against the Eagles and they win the game and he plays well, then my conversation is we're not going to change anything against Detroit. We're going to allow Cooper Rush to remain the starter, and that's what I would do. Hey. I would keep him as the starter. Uh, if he I don't know about that. And they beat the Eagles. <laughs> I thought it was worth just cutting Keyshawn no, off. <laughs> you, like, you like cutting Keyshawn off. That's that's one of your favorite pass. No, it's not. Yeah, I, it I'm sorry. I, I, no. No. Cooper Rush is not Tom Brady. Cooper Rush is not Kurt Warner. Uh-huh. This is a nice little run. I'm sorry. When Dak Prescott is ready, he is the quarterback. As you and Kia both pointed out, the trick is they have to keep playing the same way when Dak comes back. Look, if, if for some reason... They think that he's the guy? Great. I don't see it. It can't. Check out Canty and Carlin. Weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.